0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church this morning. If you are a visitor with us, you are very welcome to Living Hope Belfast. And um, for those people here just coming in, if you'd like to grab yourself a seat. And um, so we're going to start our sell, uh, We're going to start our service with a time of praise and worship. So if everyone would like to stand to their feet, let's um, worship our God this morning.
1: In my Jesus in my savior.
0: in my eyes
1: now When sensation comes my Jesus, my Savior's cross. I set this sinner free. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Oh, Christ be praised. I have a see my pain no more my fear
0: church
2: you might take your seats. thank you lord oh hallelujah let's just stay in this upper this mindful worship this attitude of worship oh blessed be your name lord hope has a name his name is Jesus oh my savior's cross has said this and you sinner free oh what words we've been singing church as we come around the table oh to hope in the bible is to firmly place your trust in what God says hope has a name you know the Greek word for hope in the new testament and I hope I get this right is which means to wait for salvation with joy And full confidence. Full confidence for what we hope for. The Bible says it, we believe it. the, The forgiveness and the redemption that we hope in has already been proven and recorded in the Bible. So what we're singing this morning isn't just words, it's truth. We're singing truths from Scripture this morning. That resonate with our own hearts when our spirit uh, connects with the spirit of God. That's why we don't manufacture this feeling in church. This is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Connecting with our own spirit. So much so that our praise and our worship just wails. It just wants to get out. Because we have a hope. We have full confidence in God. My hope. The last time I was on the table, I read Psalm 18, and David talked about my God. And this morning, if we read the Psalms, he talks about my hope. And it's the same hope that we have this morning. You know, the New Testament outlines God's promises that, that we, what we place our hope in let me read just a few scriptures this morning from 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. Putting on faith and love as a blessed plate and the hope of salvation. Paul says in Acts 23 verse 6, I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection. And Paul again says in 23, Not only so, be we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, that's God, God's spirit within us. We groan inly as we hope, as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Church, we have a hope. My hope, your hope, our hope in salvation, our hope in the resurrection, and the hope in redemption. Hope scattered right through the scriptures. So we just haven't met up here to have a holy club. We have met to meet with Almighty God who has given us our hope this morning as we come around the table of our God. And you know, hope is found in our faith in Christ. And may our faith be increased this morning as we come around the table, as we come around in, in His presence. That God would just increase our faith to see to see our hope in salvation, our hope in res- the resurrection, and our hope in redemption. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. Because one day, there'll be a day. We just sung it, haven't we? There'll be a day. Hallelujah. My hope complete. What a day. What a day. Hope has a name. There will be a day my hope complete. Now home and glory, your face I see. And church, as we come around the table, what a lovely sense of his presence this morning. As we come to break bread and to take of the cup. Do you know, if you love and serve the Lord this morning, please feel free to take of the emblems. And if not, just let it sit. But we come and we just... We're mindful of what Scripture teaches us, and this is what we do because the Scripture tells us to do this in remembrance of Him. And we do this every Sunday because He's the center, He's the focus. If it, well, Jesus wasn't a part of this, we'd be just meeting for nothing. But we make Him, we raise Him above everything else. It's Him we sing to, it's Him we glorify, it's Him we remember. It's his word that we listen to when pastor brings it. It's all about him this morning. So if you love and serve the Lord, know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please feel free to take of the emblems. I just want to read a few scriptures as we do that. We're going to read and we're going to pray and we're going to take the bread together. And again, we're going to read and pray and we're going to take the juice together. But let's do it together in remembrance of him. Hope has, his name, has a name. His name is Jesus. Blessed be your name. For I have received of the Lord, that which also I delivered unto you, that the, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, oh, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is, this is my body which is broken for you. This do. In remembrance Father God, we thank you this morning. As we come around your table to take of the bread. Lord, we look to you. Lord, we can say like the psalmist, my God. And this morning, Lord, as we read the scriptures, we can say my hope. And our hope is in Christ. And Father God, we thank you that you loved the world so much that you sent your Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we look to the Christ of the cross this morning as we break bread together. And we remember the sacrifice that you made for each and every one of us. What a privilege to come into your presence this morning to sing your praises, to worship you. Lord, by the help of your spirit, to, for, Lord, just to, for this moment in time in your presence to just leave the outside world where it is, to leave our week where it was, to leave our morning where it was, but Lord, to come into your presence right now and to connect with you your spirit with our spirit. That, Lord, there would be a sense of your presence, there would be a sense of your peace. Lord, it would just be all about you. And, Lord, as we sit at your feet this morning, as we come around your table, Lord, Lord, we thank you for your blessings, which are new every morning, and great is thy faithfulness. Lord, we haven't earned this salvation. We don't even deserve it. But because of your grace and your mercy, we're able to partake of these emblems. Oh, my God. My hope. So, Lord, we're truly thankful as we break bread together, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. Oh, blessed be your name. And after the same manner also, he took the cup. I mean to I stop saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Oh, There'll be a day, my hope complete. Now home and glory, your face, I'll see. Father God, we thank you for the blood that was shed, the precious blood of Jesus, who was the Lamb of God, who came to take away the sin of the world. Oh, Lord, as we drink of the juice together, help us to remember, to reflect, to say thank you, Lord, in the the quietness of our own hearts. To know that our sins are forgiven. To know to have this hope that we have, that one day we're going to spend all eternity with you, God. But, Lord, while we're here on earth, help us to do this in remembrance of you. Father God, as we reflect on the cross, Lord, we thank you that it was the way to you to have a relationship with you this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Lord. Oh, Lord, as we take of the cup, bless every head bowed in your presence, Lord, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen thank
0: you lord church if you'd like to stand and we'll worship together
1: Then to His blood, see from His hand, see. demands my soul, my life,
0: my role. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for this hope that we have in you, God. Thank you that when we survey the cross, Lord, we see hope. We see love. Lord, we see your grace and your mercy that pour out for each and every one of us, God. Lord, we're just thankful lord there's so many situations that each of us have gone through and we say how could how did people go through that without the hope of jesus christ lord we have those situations lord and we we thank you lord for our hope our firm foundation god lord we just pray that you'd speak to us through your word this morning in jesus name amen
3: thank you team for leading us in worship this morning thank you stevie for leading us around the table. Just a few announcements before we come and uh, around the word. Uh, New here is next Sunday. Uh, We're having a special lunch. Uh, for all of those people who have come along to church for uh, any point over the last year or so, a couple of years, and you just want to get a little bit more, they get to know us a little bit more, a little bit better. The uh, best way to do that is always over some food. Uh, so we're delighted it's nearly 20 people signed up. Uh, Today's the last day to let us know you're coming. Uh, so if you, if you haven't decided yet, please decide today. Uh, we're looking for some volunteers to help with uh, the cooking and the washing up and all the other things uh, that goes on. So uh, you have to be available after next Sunday's service uh, till about 2 o'clock. So if you're free to help us, uh, please would you let me know at the door, uh, just maybe your gifting is washing up and drying up, because that's very important. And then uh, then we can uh, put that to good use next Sunday if you're going to do that uh, tonight. Uh, Please don't forget that it's a testimony tonight. Uh, Tim Shields, who's the pastor of the Omer Community Church, has an amazing testimony. Uh, He's coming down tonight to share uh, his story. So please invite somebody along. We're putting these on because we're using them uh, to to preach the gospel. Tim's going to share the gospel at the end of his testimony. We would love to see people saved. Uh, That's what we're about in church. So please come along tonight, 6.30. Doors will open at 6 o'clock. The Maids of Honor are putting on a special event for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Uh, The tickets are £5 each. They're available from Rebecca at the door, at the welcome desk after the service uh, this morning. Please don't uh, wait to get your tickets. Half the tickets have gone already, uh, so please make sure you get hold of your tickets uh, for that event. On Tuesday night, we have a special uh, missions prayer night. Uh, So rather than me trying to explain what's going to happen, I'm going to invite Michael uh, to come up, and he's just going to share... Uh, what's going to be happening on Tuesday night? Thank you, Michael. Thanks,
4: Pastor. Tuesday night is going to be Missions for the Difference. Normally, we meet and we pray for various areas countries in the world. On Tuesday night, we have a chap coming to us who's originally from India. Uh, his name is, difficult the Nelson David Raja. So it's very straightforward, actually. Uh, Nelson, I have met through college, and in conversations with him, he's on fire from, for God, and he's on fire for his home in India. In the summer, and Christmas holidays, he goes back and he works back in India through a charity to he get established. He's coming along on Tuesday night, and he's going to give us an overview of the work that the Lord is doing in India. In an orphanage... In a. Part of India where he works. The other special thing about it is um, Nansen is going to prepare an Indian dish for us. So if you like Indian, come along and you'll hear about the work that the Lord's doing in India. Um, It's free, and I want to thank Matt and the Oversight for they're going to provide, well, they're not going to provide, they're going to provide the cash to cover the costs. Nelson's gonna buy all the spices, all the goods. He's coming at five o'clock, it's gonna be prepared by him. Normally, what he does, he prepares and gives his talk at the same time. But because of the number we would normally get, we thought that was a bit more difficult. So he's gonna prepare it all and then serve us. And once we finish eating, he's gonna tell us the work of the Lord's given his heart in India. So if you do intend to come, obviously we need numbers. There is a sign-up sheet at the door on the notice board. Please stick your name down on the sign-up sheet. Because I'll be coming in this afternoon to get a, a rough idea of the numbers, and then we'll meet here Tuesday night. John, willing, and hear all about the work. Of the day. Well,
3: thank you. Mike. Thank you, Michael. Um, and Tuesday night, we'll be lifting a, an offering at the end of the missions night uh, for the work that, that it does in India. And so please come prepared uh, for that. And also, don't worry about it if you don't like uh, Indian food. Don't let that put you off coming. Uh, there's enough of us that do like Indian food. So we sell it your portion. So we'll make sure that we uh, come along on Tuesday. Now, let's just take a moment to pray. Father, we thank you as we gathered. Uh, In your house with your people, Father. We come around your word. Your word feeds us. It guides us. It encourages us and it challenges us, Father. It's a living word and we thank you for that. Every Sunday we thank you that we have this opportunity and freedom to do this. Father, we pray and invite your spirit to teach us, Father, more about the stuff that we need to be clothed with as your followers. So I pray you'll just bless our time together over these next a few minutes father as we just dig into your word a little deeper in jesus name amen amen uh, one more thing the kids church i've been away all weekend they are still down in seaview house in Kilkeel. uh they've had uh, an amazing time the weather's been great uh though i don't think they've got too much sleep but that's all right they catch up on sleep but uh, i know they've had a brilliant time uh way we're into our sermon series asking a question what are you wearing and we began it last Sunday by asking uh, the, the question uh, and the different things behind me on here we're going to be taking a look at over May and June. The, we came to the conclusion last Sunday that our physical clothing is important, that none of us get dressed in the dark. Uh, at least we, we hope you don't. Actually it, it matters what we wear, what we put on uh you know and we sort of take some uh it's some sort of concern and care over that and we use that as a point to explain that our spiritual clothing matters as well and it's a subject a theme that runs through scripture as to what we're to be clothed with and so it brings us this morning to something extremely important uh, which is clothed with armor Uh, because the christian life is described as many things Uh, one of the things that Paul describes it as in the letter to the Ephesians there is we are in a battle Uh, it's a war we are involved in and if you were going into a battle the two most important things that you would need is armour to protect and defend yourself uh, and something that you would use to attack the enemy Uh, going out to the enemy just to uh, shout at them without any weapons will not make a button of difference uh, so the Paul teaches us in Ephesians in the words that we're going to look at and a second that we're to wear armor we're given armor to wear as believers and actually we're instructed to put on which means it's actually something that is not automatic as we look through this that we're to put on the armour of God Uh, and as we go into battle we clothe ourselves uh, for the battle and Paul writes these words at the end of Ephesians, Ephesians 6, these are the final 10 verses and he says finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, With this in mind, be alert. Always keep praying. I'm praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. It is clear from the New Testament that we have an enemy who is at war with us. As Christians and as a church, we are at battle with that enemy. The enemy is called the devil, Satan, Lucifer, by all some other names he is a ruler of the powers of darkness and is simply none too happy with what God has accomplished in Christ. The devil hates the church because the church is God's people, it's God's body gathered together. What I have found through experience is that we need to find balance Because when people talk about spiritual warfare and the enemy of the church and the devil, there are two things that people think. The first one is this. The devil doesn't exist and therefore it's not his fault when things happen. The second thing is the devil does exist and therefore everything is his fault when things happen. And you will know believers who will fall into both camps. The first one will be simply say that actually nothing is his fault. It's our choice and it's not really real if we're gonna believe that. We can believe in God, but I'm not sure the devil is responsible for everything that happens. The second group of people look at it and say well he does exist and therefore if I get stuck in a traffic jam in the morning it's his fault if my toast burns in the morning then then it's his fault the enemy's got it in for me and they find everything to be the fault of the enemy so what we have to do is try and bring some balance here to the enemy that to our thought here because we can't leave it with these either behind everything or behind nothing What we do find to be true is this. His main goal is to destroy the faith of the Christians by getting us to doubt God's goodness, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's protection, God's provision and God's promises. As believers we must understand this and we hold firm to this. That the war has been won but there are some battles that still need to be fought. And Paul addresses this in the passage that we've just read, that we will uh, come on to dig in a little bit deeper. But we do have to understand these four things. The first thing is this. There is a battle that goes on within us. Paul speaks in his letter to the Romans of the struggle between the sinful nature and the spiritual nature. Romans 7 verse 23 says, But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me he writes elsewhere in romans and we would understand this clearer than anything why do i do the things that i don't want to do but the things that i do want to do i don't do and actually that makes sense to all of us because we've all got good intentions and we know the things that, that we want to do and the things we should do and they're the things that we don't often do But it's no problem to do the things that we know we shouldn't do. And we all fall into that boat. And if the Apostle Paul falls into that boat, then there's hope for us as well. But he's teaching us that there is a battle that goes on within us. We covered this last year when we did the battlefield of the mind. When we understood that there is a battle going on in the mind concerning what we think What what God's word says, and how we, in a sense, have our lives transformed, our minds transformed by the word of God. So we know that there is a battle that goes on uh, within us. The second thing is, we know there is a battle that goes on around us. Paul encourages Timothy in his letter to fight the battle well, to serve as a soldier serves, not getting involved in civilian affairs, because there is a battle that goes on around us. We see evil at work we see the things happening realizing that there is a battle that goes on all around us so Paul writes here in Ephesians 6 because there is a battle that goes on above us Paul speaks here of the spiritual forces of evil at work in the heavenly places that actually we know that we're fighting a battle that is above us that can't be seen he says, often when church is going well, I give people this warning because it's true. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say to them. Be careful what you criticize. Because that disturbs the unity that is encouraging the church to grow because we have this idea sometimes oh you know it's the enemy that's outside that's seeking to destroy the church it isn't the enemy will use the people in church because church is going well and he thinks to himself i've got to trip them up a little bit i've got to cause them to stumble a little bit i've got to cause something to happen so what happens is people start to make i don't like this going on i don't like that going on i don't like they're doing this and i'm not sure what they believe about that." and all of these things start working Uh, away and it disturbs the unity and what we have to understand is that's not the battle that's going on around us here that's a battle that's going on above us because the devil simply just wants a defeated church that's all he wants he does not want the church moving forward he doesn't want the church growing he doesn't want to see uh the church being the place where people get saved his aim is to destroy the church and i've said before let's not help him let's not help him to do that So we're careful in the things that we say and we're careful in the things that we do. And so we then see as well that there is a battle going on always. There will never be a time that we are not involved in a battle. So the three things that we wage warfare against that we're in a battle with is simply, the first one is this, against the sinful desires in ourselves, which is the choices that you and me make the decisions that we make we have all made a great decision this morning in that we have come to church regardless of how we feel because our feelings have nothing to do with it it is by what we know and we know that if we come to church we get encouraged we get blessed we have an opportunity to worship the lord we get fellowship from other believers and so we've gone against the desire in ourselves to say you know i'm going to stay at home maybe watch a telly the iron paths looking high and there's loads of washing and there's all this other stuff that needs to be done for whatever reason keeps you away from church is the wrong reason that's just simply a desire within ourselves there are other desires in ourselves that we wage war against that we fight with and so that's the first thing that we uh, wage war against the second thing is just against the evil in the world we're a battle against that because the world does not want to live the way God wants them to live. That's always been a problem in the world. That's how sin came into the world. The world has always existed, ignoring God and saying, well, we don't live your ways, God. We will live our own ways. And man makes the choice, and we don't have to go very far away to see the evil that is predominant in the world and the lives that are caught up in addiction and hopelessness and people who want to end their own lives have nothing to live for and we see the evil around us and we as a church wage warfare against that by not just our prayer but our actions as well because we want to make a difference for god and we want to extend his kingdom and so we are in a battle a fight and then the final thing is we've touched on against satan and his forces which is incorporates that there, that actually, that spiritual warfare—that's in. That's where prayer comes in. Why prayer is so essential and so important that we gather as church. So, what we've got to do if we're in a battle and we're given the clothing to wear, we, there are five things that will help us in, in our walk in our battle. And we're going to quickly look at those five. The first one is this: is a strategy to win, a specific plan now God has given us one he's given us one even if we just read those 10 verses alone God has given us the battle plan he's given us the strategy uh, to win our strength comes from God He encourages us to put on the full armour of God. We looked last week at some of the stuff we have to take off. This week encourages us to put some stuff on that will help us in the battle in our war. This is true today as it was the first time I heard it. That an unprepared believer is often a defeated believer. An unprepared believer is often a defeated believer believer if there is no preparation you almost automatically fall into a sense of defeat if there is no consistency no discipline in your spiritual life and that's a theme that is coming through this clothing series what are we wearing it says that is above all else most important to build some consistency some discipline into our life because a lot of this stuff we're not just drifting to it doesn't just happen actually there's a conscious effort and an unprepared believer is often a defeated believer we have to discern between what is the spiritual and what is the physical you see when we wage war in the power of the spirit paul gives us here actually these four things it says what we have to do in those three verses that help us that, that actually there's nothing automatic about this because we wage war in the power of the spirit by standing against By wrestling, by withstanding, and at the end of that, therefore, we stand and so we can see that there was nothing automatic about this there's nothing we just drift into this and it'll just happen actually there is a conscious effort of what we need to do that almost the God has given us everything that we need to fight the battle to walk the journey to clothe ourselves with the stuff that we need to wear so the reality that's presented in the book of Ephesians is this because there is another theme that runs through Ephesians it's a, We are in Christ and this is mentioned 37 times in Ephesians. Paul keeps writing to the church to say to them what matters here is you're in Christ. You're in Christ. What does it mean? Well it means that you're not in the world or you're in something else. It says you're in Christ. And he concludes the letter by writing these ten verses that simply say, because you're in Christ, this is what you are able to do. This is what you are able to stand against. But why is that important? Because when we are in Christ, the first thing is we are one with him. He has transformed our mind, he has changed our life. His life is our life. His power is our power. His truth is our truth. His way is our way, and his strength. It's our strength. As we have to understand this, it's not the amount of strength you possess. It is the source of the strength you possess. It simply means this. It doesn't matter how much I work out, how much I build myself up, how big my muscles get, and I can offer to take anybody on in a fight. It says, if you've 20 people behind you, it won't matter how strong I am, because i'm just going to get hammered and beaten up by 20 people why because it's not the sort of strength that i possess Sorry, it's not the amount of strength that i possess as an individual it's a source of strength that i have behind me and the source of strength that we have behind us as believers like last week is that we're clothed with christ but he gives us his strength and his power to fight the battles that we face we're not to fight them on our own there's no way in scripture that says to us we fight our own battles if God is for us who or what can be against us Romans 8 tells us so we see this and say that this is what matters not the amount of strength you possess it's a source of strength you possess the second thing you see is this is knowledge of the opposition Paul tells us there are rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil. Devil is called many names in scripture. One of them is the accuser, uh, the opponent of God. You know, the fall of the human race uh, hinged on two sins. It was deception and disobedience. Eve was deceived, Adam was disobedient and the same problem we face today the devil just simply deceives people by accusing them how many of us know when we do things wrong and things happen in our life and the guilt comes and what's the first thing the devil says to us says you're supposed to be a christian call yourself a christian and 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 you've done that he says how can you say christ is lord of your life if you've done that We, we all would have been there where we would have had the accusation almost the finger pointed at us by the enemy Uh, and so we have to have the knowledge of the opposition the enemy that we're facing because all the devil wants to do is deceive people i said a few weeks ago when we looked at psalm 62 when it spoke of god being all loving and all powerful that actually that's the first two truths that the devil attacks sure god's loving sure god can love you Look at all the stuff you've done in your life. Sure, God is all powerful. Well, if He's all powerful, why hasn't He done this for you? Uh, and it's a devil accusing us and tricking us and, and playing games in our mind, thinking, no, God maybe really doesn't love me. God maybe really doesn't have a plan for my life. God will answer everybody else's prayer, but He won't answer my prayer. And the truth of it is, this is, is what He aims to do to seek our downfall. By his various schemes to stir up disunity to to make us doubt the promises of god did god really say that he discourages us and he tempts us it causes us to compromise it causes us to have unforgiveness in our life and to lose focus and we can see we have to have knowledge of what he is up to and what he is doing uh, and so at times like i said about church that actually sometimes when things happen it says we as the oversight will often say this is not something in the physical in the human this is in the spiritual and because things are going well in church and so the enemy seeks to attack and he seeks to destroy what's going on and so what we have to do is recognize that and come against that and come against it by defeating it in prayer and standing with the strength that we have which is Christ behind us so the third thing that we see today is we have to understand the resources that we need to fight at the beginning of this i said well actually we need armor uh, and we, we we need to make sure that we've got something to attack as well we've got to make sure that we've got a weapon to attack we have to take confidence first so in the fact that our victory has been secured by christ himself through his death on the cross in colossians he said he led a triumphant battle against satan disarmed the evil powers and authorities and redeemed the believer love the thought in colossians chapter 2 where it says he stripped basically the devil of all of his powers of everything that he had I remember reading a story at the end of World War II uh, when Japan surrendered and uh, the highest ranking Japanese general ended up on the battleship, the American battleship, to offer the surrender. Uh, And what the American general did who was accepting the surrender was he stripped the Japanese general of all of his medals, of all uh, of the things he'd been awarded, he stripped them of them just to simply say you have no power here. You have no authority here. And that's the picture that we get, in a sense, when he comes here, when in the battle that we're fighting, because the arm of God helps us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, because that power is not in us, but it's therefore how we live in daily communion with him. You see, a Christian who isn't struggling, wrestling, fighting for someone or something, has often just fallen into complacency. Well, if it happens, it happens. It says, yeah, we're being taught here to clothe ourselves with something, to clothe ourselves with the armour of God when we've got this available to us. But it's no good just having armour if we have no knowledge of how to use them. Uh, that we must make sure we're going to come on to that in a second. And then finally, the fifth thing is communication with the one in charge. What's the communication? Prayer, Always. Prayer is not so much the weapon or even part of the armour as is the means by which we engage in the battle and the purpose for which we are armed. The truth of it is this, as W. Graham Scroggley said, pray when you feel like it, pray when you don't feel like it, pray until you do feel like it. We do not drift into a disciplined prayer life. When we put the prayer meetings on in church on Tuesday evening and the other prayer times... That we have, we encourage the church to come and pray because prayer is so essential, not just for us as individuals, but as a church. And people will have their reasons for not being there, and that's okay. But we've got to make sure that there is nothing, if possible, that keeps us away from praying together as a church to come and pray for the many needs, the battle that we are in in the church. But because of the battle we face, Paul illustrates the weapons available to us as believers and we're going to come on to that the first thing we notice when it comes to the full armor of God is it's not a pick and mix it's not well I'm quite happy to have the shield of faith but I can forget everything else he says actually we'll put on the full armor of God One is as important as the other to make sure we dress ourselves uh, in the full. You see, the armor allows us to do three things just quickly as our time goes on. The first one, the armor allows us to be strong. The second thing it allows us to do is to be covered. And the third thing it does is allows us to be aware. The armor gives us the strength that we need because of what it represents allows us to be covered because if we're going into a battle i don't know about you but the first thing i would want is the armor to protect myself and then the third thing is we have to be aware so we've got some of the uh we've got some of the armor of god here that i put together uh to give you an illustration and the first one this is a breastplate It represents a breastplate. It would be a lot more solid than this. It would be metal, but I wasn't going out to buy a metal breastplate uh, just for an illustration in church. But you can see, importantly, I'm going to lose my glasses there, as you wear the breastplate, that this is uh, important. Why? Because it, it covers the heart. It covers the heart. The heart is where our intentions, our motivations go. If you hit the heart, that's it. It will not matter about anything else that you wear, because you're dead. So you have to protect the heart. And that's why we wear the breastplate of righteousness. We're not righteous by anything that we have done, but the righteousness comes from Christ alone. So when the devil, the accuser, accuses us, we are forgiven. We are accepted in Christ. That's why Paul writes it 37 times in the book of Ephesians, to simply say, Hey, look, this is why you are protected, this is who you belong to. This is where you get strength from. The, the second one we have is the belt of truth. And you can see here I've got a belt. Now the belt is very important, as we know, because the belt, as you put the belt on, as you put the belt on, the belt keeps everything else in place. Because if I put the belt on... Whose belt have I got here? Like, <laughs> it's like the Krypton factor this is, eh? Do you put the belt on. Oh, I must have lost some weight. There we go. You put the belt on. You put the belt on because it keeps everything else in place. Because if you're fighting a battle, the last thing you want is everything swaying about. So the belt of truth keeps everything else in place. That's why it's so important. That's why it is essential. Some have been the first two up there you see we're constantly bombarded with lies the enemy lies to us the world lies to us unfortunately people lie to us as well and so we simply wear this belt of truth because it keeps everything else in place Uh, Jesus didn't only say that he he is the truth Uh, he didn't just say that he carried the truth he says I am the way the truth and the life and he uses that even further when he says before that, he says, those who know the truth, the truth will set them free. Uh, and so knowing Jesus and knowing what Jesus does and says is the truth that we need because it keeps everything else in place. Uh, if I want to, somewhere to put my sword, it says obviously the belt sits there in the right place, doesn't it keeps it in place somewhere to keep the sword. So we see this here. You see, the enemy wants to convince us that simply uh, telling others, excuse me, telling others is a waste of time. Now, unfortunately, I had a pair of sandals. These are not Roman sandals. These are Athenas. But, (laughs) but I threw away a pair of sandals I had uh, for the illustration. So I had to borrow these. So I either bought these for a pair of stilettos, but the stilettos wouldn't have worked like so. These are the sandals that represent the gospel of the Shoes of Peace, it's part of the armour. Why? Because the devil convinces us, you need to tell other people about Jesus. But actually, we do need to tell other people about Jesus. It's important that we understand that the shoes were for travelling. We take what we hear here and we take it out into our workplaces and we take it out into our schools and our universities and our neighbourhoods because it's important for people more than ever to hear the good news of the message of Jesus Christ. You see, we see the first three, the the belt, the breastplate and shoes, they were simply for long-range preparation to encourage us to stand firm, to be ready for the battle that is coming. The second three that we're going to look at were kept in readiness for when the actual fighting began that they said take up. Why? Because in every battle there is a time to hold your ground and a time to take your ground. So it brings us on to the next three. Uh, And we see that we're given the helmet of salvation. Uh, And we wear these because this protects our head, this protects our brains. Some of you wouldn't need this one, only joking. (laughs) This protects your thinking, it protects your intellect it says much like the heart an arrow to the head and it would all be over it wouldn't matter if what shoes you were wearing it wouldn't matter what breastplate you were wearing an arrow to the head would finish it off and so we have to protect our mind we have to protect the stuff that goes in we know because we looked at this at the battlefield of the mind the mind is just that that battleground where the war is waged where we look at it and say well we've got to wear this because it protects our heads and it protects our brains but we then see this is that we have the shield of faith and the shield of faith is is, is important and It's important because of this because it tells us that the enemy doesn't just fire arrows it says he shoots flaming arrows Now the most important thing about this is this, is uh, whenever a flaming arrow is shot and it hits its target, actually the flames spread everywhere. The flames What the enemy tries to do, it spreads everywhere. If it's just one arrow, you can watch it coming over, you can protect yourself by the arrow landing in the shield. If it's a flaming arrow, you're worried about what it's going to hit. Because if it hits something, then it spreads everywhere isn't that exactly the trouble that the enemy wants to do isn't that actually what the enemy when he wants to spread trouble everywhere so important for us to clothe ourselves with all of the stuff that we have here and we have this shield of faith uh, the helmet of salvation and the final one which is the sword of the spirit He says and this one here this is the only offensive weapon within the armor that we clothe ourselves with Because all of this that we have is great for defending ourselves. But actually we're not just supposed to defend ourselves. We have been given the word of God to defeat the enemy. When Jesus is tempted three times in Luke chapter 4. When he's tempted there. He says his response to the enemy on all three occasions is the word of God. And now if Jesus is going to do that as the son of God. How much more do we need to do that, to clothe ourselves, to make sure we've got this to defend ourselves, but this as well. We often will read everything else other than the Word of God. We often will listen to everything else except the Word of God. He says, and here Paul helps us by saying, here you go, this is the weapon you need, the sword of the Spirit represents the Word of God. To make sure that it's not just our last resort that we go to when we're in trouble but it's the first thing what does God say to me about this situation what is God saying to me about what is going on you see ancient soldiers use their swords for cooking splitting kindling for cutting ropes uh, and the word of God it represents sort of something that's practical for every area we'll take this off from for, practical for every oops that helmets not very good, right? like <laughs> something practical for every area of life. In Bible times there was no stainless steel. A sword and used became rusty, dull, and pitted. Swords were kept clean by frequent use or honing them against the stone. But a great example is this represents the word of God how we must make it a daily thing not just a weekly thing maybe when we come to church but a daily thing as we're in to the word of god you see any armor including the armor of god is useless without a sword because the enemy can just keep attacking till the armor gives way we have to make sure that we're well acquainted with the one weapon and the only weapon that we need which is the sword of the spirit which represents the word of god see we're encouraged here to clothe ourselves with armor because this truth comes as we finish it says this in the end satan doesn't win and we know and i've said this before that he doesn't want the christians to sin as much as he wants them to quit to give up he's encouraging people to give up and you don't need to give up these four reasons as we finish and remember these and even if you have to keep repeating these to yourselves the enemy is defeated the battle is God's. We have to put on the armour. And the fourth thing, the victory is ours through Jesus Christ. Make sure that we are wearing the armour of God. Father, we come before you and thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we're reminded the church, Lord, the Father, that we are to clothe ourselves with many things in the spiritual Father, as we come today, we thank you that you have given us all that we need, Father God, to win the battle. For the victory is ours in Christ Jesus. But Father, help us to put on the full armour of God. to, To take up, Father God, what you have given us to wear. And Father, for each of us that are facing many different battles and struggles and situations that we are wrestling with, Father God. Father, we are encouraged today to put on that armour, to know that we are righteous in you, to know that the shield of faith is available to us, to know that we have that gospel of peace, Father, as we share, as we go on a journey to share with with the people that we live with, Father, all of those things you give to us, and we thank you for that today. Father, as we clothe ourselves with your armour, we pray, Father God, you will help us as we go on that journey with you, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: amen. Church, if you'd not like to stand, and we'll close with our last song.
1: What Calvary?
0: let's just close in prayer Father God we just thank you for this time that we have spent together Lord we thank you Lord that you have spoken to us Lord that you've challenged us to, to Lord put on the full armor of God Lord that we would each morning we rise Lord that we would remember to do that Lord Lord that we remember that the enemy is already defeated and that the battle is yours God no matter what the battle is there's nothing too great for our God so Lord help us to walk out of here with our faith Um, risen today, Father God, knowing, Lord, that you are able to meet every single need, to beat every battle, Father God, and that you're there right beside us, Lord. Thank you for this hope that we have in you.